Hello, and welcome to the Hogan Cast, a weekly podcast where we discuss a variety of subjects. Each week, we talk about a different topic, from literature to travel and everything in between. Our episodes strive to be both conversational and informational, and our occasional interviews are hopefully entertaining. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hey, Nancy. I noticed that the Christmas tree is looking a little empty. Have you finished your Christmas shopping for me? Sure, Scott. How could I forget you?、Um, guess what gift kind of gift I give to you? My heart and my life—the best gift ever. No gift in the world can compete to what I give you every day. Well, I think I'd rather have a new laptop or a PlayStation Five, but、um, that's okay. Did you see the news this week? No, tell me more about that. So,、uh, just this week, Martinsburg Airport decided to、uh, cut the ribbon on an innovative green energy infrastructure. They're going to introduce、uh, electric charging for vehicles and the airplanes there. And、uh, I'm pretty sure, probably because of our podcast, that they did that. You know, it's, it's just a couple days after our first episode where we talked about green energy in West Virginia, and now they decided to do this. So, you're welcome, West Virginia, that we brought green energy here. So, Nancy. We've talked about West Virginia last week. I think this time we're going to go across the ocean to a country called Vietnam. Right.、Um, before we go further into the conversation, Scott, do you know any Vietnamese song? I think I know one. I'm not sure how good I can do it, but I think I know one. Let me try. Okay. New co back ho trong nay voi dai tang loi bac nay da tang chien chan hoi hong. Ba moi nam dao tran jieng tren venong song, ba moi nam dan chu kong hoa can chien dan tang kong. Vietnam Ho Chi Minh, Vietnam Ho Chi Minh. Yeah, is that is that pretty good? Great job, Scott. I'm so proud of you. I think I just lost my American citizenship, but that's okay. By the way, for the listeners' benefits, Vietnamese love karaoke. If you are invited to the karaoke party, don't be shy. Just go along and have fun. So, Scott, if you have to describe to someone who doesn't know Vietnam geographically, how would you do it? Well, I think it's pretty easy. I'd say,、uh, okay, you need to go to California, and you start going west. If you hit Japan, you haven't gone far enough. If you wind up in Australia, you're too far. You're too far south. If you hit China, you're too far north. And if you hit Thailand, you've gone too far west. I think that's pretty pretty simple. Yeah, great job. Right. So you would be surprised to learn that men, not many people know where Vietnam is. During my early days living abroad, someone would ask me, "Is Vietnam China?" When I told them that I came from Vietnam. In a way, I understand that misunderstanding, partly because of the geographical location, Vietnam is bordered to China in the north, and partly because of the long history between the two countries. Vietnam's early history is dominated by China. The country remained part of China for a thousand years. We share some similar physical characteristics. In addition, there are a lot of Chinese influence in Vietnamese language, culture, customs, and political institutions. For example, we both celebrate Lunar New Year, although the date may be one day different depend on the year. 
We both worship ancestors, and many social behaviors are influenced by Confucian teaching and traditions. I also received some eyes raised at the fact that me being a Vietnamese who married an American, due to the history between the two countries. I remember someone asked me how two people with different political views could form an intimate relationship. I just simply say, don't bring politics to romance, and we try not bringing it into our podcast as well. Scott and I are just two ordinary kids growing up after the war and happen to fall in love. We make jokes about the war sometimes, nothing too serious, and try not looking too deep into the past. What do you think, Scott? Well, you know, I think we were both born around the same time, right after what we would call the fall of Saigon, but in Vietnam they call the liberation of Saigon. And for us as Americans, Vietnam was, you know, very impactful in our culture, not just during the war where you had a lot of social unrest and a lot of uh, protest against the war in Vietnam, where people felt, why should they go fight a war so far away? After the war, in the American psyche, it was it, it really had a strong influence on just how we viewed ourselves for a long time. Vietnam was kind of looked at as a lesson learned about our hubris, and it, it changed a lot of even our entertainment like if you watch a movie like Rambo First Blood for example the the very first Rambo is a story about a Vietnam vet who's not accepted anywhere he he has post traumatic stress disorder he he doesn't fit anywhere in anywhere he just is trying to walk through this town and this local sheriff doesn't want him in his town and uh, a lot of the vets from the Vietnam War in particular were treated that way nobody wanted to welcome them home. It was a war that we lost. A lot of people will say it's the the first war that we lost. It was shameful. It was also viewed as an unjustified war. So all those things combined really caused a lot of problems in America for the way we dealt with losing a war and how we treated the soldiers that were coming home from a war that was pointless in the end, a lot of people would say. So yeah, it it was a really difficult thing. And you've been to the Vietnam War Memorial in D.C. You've seen all the names up there and, and, uh, you know, all those young men and and women that went to fight that war. It it was just a really difficult thing for our country. But it also kind of served as, like I said, a lesson learned about uh, the country's hubris. Well, like I was saying, for for me, the Vietnam War, we kind of looked at it as a a, a turning point in, in a lot of the ways that we viewed the government the country. But what about you, Nancy? How was, what was your experience growing up after the war? Right, Scott. I was very sad when I saw the long list of soldiers who joined the Vietnam War during the time we visited the war memorial in D.C. Growing up, I used to believe that American was our enemy who attempted to take away our independence. Life after the war was not easy. We didn't have enough food and supplies. So Christmas gifts was our question. To this day, I still not crazy about chocolate because chocolate was not among the things we could afford growing up. And consequently, my taste was not develop for luxurious chocolate. So Scott, tell us about your experience being in Vietnam 30 years after the war. Yeah, so um, like you said, about 30 years after the war, actually maybe closer to 40, 
once I met you and we, we went home to meet your family for the first time, it was, it was really shocking. I think we landed in Hanoi, I think we went to first, maybe, no, I think it was Hanoi the first time. And, you know, you have this image of Vietnam in your head and it's just completely different. It's so vibrant. It's, um, it's really, really busy. There's the traffic is, is crazy, you know, but you have a lot of different food, a lot of really beautiful buildings. We, our first trip, we traveled all around Vietnam. So we went from Hanoi to Saigon or Ho Chi Minh City uh, to Hue to Da Nang. And then we went to your hometown in Quang Nai, which is where I met your family. And uh, the first thing I had to do was the, the morning after we arrived, I had to memorize a little speech to tell your mother because I was there to ask if I could marry you. So you taught me how to say it in Vietnamese. I couldn't do it now, but you told me just say it and my mom's going to say, okay, it's fine. So I did. I memorized it. And the next morning I went and I asked your mom in Vietnamese if I can marry you. And uh, she started crying and saying that I'm going to take you away and, and to America and she's never going to see you again. And I had to promise not to take you to America. So uh, I guess I lied to your mom. So Zin Loi Mei. And then... Uh, after I asked and your mom said, yeah, then I had to get drunk with your brother and your in-laws and he brought out a whiskey with a, a dead monkey inside of it. So that was interesting. I had to drink a whiskey with a, a dead animal inside and that wasn't the last time that I had to do that there. Um, but you know, it was fun. Uh, one thing that did surprise me, you know, for Americans, we think of Vietnam as, uh, you know, maybe the market's kind of restricted because it's, it's a socialist republic or, but Actually, it's a it's a really free market. It's very open. You know, it, there's a lot of opportunities. It's one of the fastest growing economies in Asia. South, I think it is the fastest growing economy in Southeast Asia. So a, a lot of the the conceptions or the thoughts that I had about Vietnam before I went are were completely wrong. And it's just a gorgeous country with uh, you know a culture that's two thousand years old. Right. Great to hear about your experience in Vietnam. So if you would advise Americans who want to visit Vietnam for the first time, what would be your advice to him or her, Scott? Well, you know, I think it depends on the age group, but just in general for Americans going to Vietnam, know that there's going to be a lot of things that are strange to you. Crossing the street, for example, especially in somewhere like Ho Chi Minh City, you're just going to cross the street. You're, you're, you're just going to go. You're not going to wait for a light to tell you to cross. You're just going to walk across the street and all the motorbikes are going to go around you. So that's something that I think a lot of Americans are going to be terrified by. The people are very nice. I've heard that the people in the South are nicer than the people in the North, but I don't agree with that. I think all Vietnamese are really nice. So I, I think they're... Vietnamese people, in my experience, have always wanted to talk with me. I, a lot of times, um, I'll just have a Vietnamese uh, person come up and, and want to buy me lunch or pay for my coffee or, or whatever just to talk and speak English. If, if you can speak any Vietnamese, they, they would be really excited. Even if it's bad Vietnamese, broken Vietnamese, they'll, they'll be very excited that you've you know tried to learn their language. So even if you can just learn to say hello, which, which is Zin Chao. One thing that might make Americans kind of the people are, are fighting or angry as Vietnamese can be kind of loud when they're talking, like almost like they're yelling. And one thing that I still haven't gotten used to is like in a coffee shop, when you want the waitress to come over, you don't say like, excuse me. You just say like, am I, am I, Hey, 
but you're just like saying, hey, 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 come here, come here, come here. So that's something I still haven't got used to. But um, other than that, yeah, it's 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 great experience. There's so much history there, and as American, we have a you know you can see a lot of places that you know we were there like in during the war, Da Nang, Saigon, Ho Chi Minh City. You can see the tunnels that the the Viet Cong used during the war. Um, there's just so much history there, particularly for Americans and Australians and New Zealanders because of our involvement in, in that war and probably for the French too as well, obviously. Great. The fact that you speak English is already a charm to many Vietnamese, especially among young people who are learning English. You would find them approach you and try to speak with you to practice English. So be prepared and have fun. I got a question from one of our listeners, someone named Michael from Vietnam. I don't think Michael is a very Vietnamese name. We might even know this person, but uh, unfortunately he misspelled greatest country in the world. But he wants to know, what's it like being a Vietnamese immigrant in the USA? Right. I came to America right at the time the pandemic started, causing restrictions in travel and social contacts. So I have limited interactions with people around me. However, I don't receive any mistreat or discrimination because of the way I look, unless people hide it well and I don't even notice that. When this pandemic is over, I plan on getting more involved in community activities, that help West Virginia to transition quicker to clean energy. For example, I will volunteer to speak to students at school about the impacts of burning fossil fuels on climate change and solution to get clean and renewable energy sources. Or UNI Scott can open a tour guide service to promote tourism in West Virginia, creating jobs and revenues for the communities. How does that sound, Scott? Well, that sounds great, Nancy. Great, Scott. So you spent a year in Vietnam to teach English. So tell us more about your experience working with Vietnamese and teaching Vietnamese students. Yeah, so, um, you know, obviously I had taught English before in, in Thailand and, and I'd been we had been in Thailand for about seven years there was a chance for us to go back to Vietnam. I did a, a few interviews, a few offers, but I eventually settled on one school in Hanoi. And uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun teaching English in Vietnam. It, it's a, it was a lot different than Thailand. The Vietnamese students are uh, unique. You know, they're, they're very different than um, Thai students in the way that they approach things, like the, their interests. Some of them are the same, like I think both at least from my experience, both Thai students and Vietnamese students really like K-pop, but like some of the other interests are, are different and, and some of the things that they struggle with with English when they're learning English are not the same either. But I, I loved working in Hanoi. Uh, I worked with some really good uh, Vietnamese teachers there. I had a lot of fun. We went on a field trip. You and I went on a field trip with the students um, to an eco park. The, the foreign teachers there were great too. I got to work with a teacher from Australia, uh, from the UK, from from Ireland, from all over. And you know that's that's one of the fun things about teaching English overseas in general, is that you really get to work with people from around the globe and and the the native teachers as well. But I, I really enjoyed the class I had in Hanoi. They were really smart students. They were pretty pretty well behaved. You had a, a couple issues 
here and there, but for the most part, they were very well behaved. The biggest issue is that they never wanted to wear their helmets when they were riding their motorbikes to school. But, you know, they, they, they got their work in on time. A lot of them were really good at speaking English. I think a few of them now are, are actually studying abroad in Australia uh, or the UK or even America, I think. So we had really good kids, um, a really good team of teachers. I stay in touch with a lot of the teachers I still work with. I think a couple of them may even listen to this uh, podcast. But yeah, for me as an American to have a chance to, to go overseas, first teaching in Thailand and then later Vietnam, I mean, it really opened my eyes to, you know, the world in a way that I don't think I, it would have been otherwise, even even with my experience in the Navy. Because, you know, when you're in the Navy, you're still kind of sheltered by the, the military lifestyle. But when you go teach overseas, you're you're living out in the town. Your neighbors are, are, you know, natives or local people. The only other foreigners you know are from work and your daily interactions are usually with uh, the, the locals. So it, it's, it's just a, a really amazing experience in both situations in, in Thailand and Vietnam. But yeah, I think that was, uh, it was just an amazing experience for me. And, and I hope I have the chance you know, one day to go back and, and teach again because I really enjoy doing it. Uh, and, and we will maybe be going to Vietnam here pretty soon. Obviously, COVID could cause some issues, but right now we are planning on going back to Thailand and Vietnam in the, in the near future. So hopefully everything stays uh, kind of normal and we can we get a chance to go visit your family and see some old friends. Okay, well, I'd like to thank everybody for listening in again. This was the second episode of the Hogan Cast. It's been a lot of fun. We hope that you've enjoyed listening. We hope you'll come back again next week when we talk about what we're going to talk about, Nancy. What do you think we're going to talk about? Maybe we talk about your dream of becoming a famous writer. Mm, no, not next week. And I don't know if anybody really cares about my dream of being a writer. I think next week we'll talk about the land of smiles. Sounds great to me. So everybody enjoy Christmas shopping. Love and peace to you all. Just a reminder, you guys can reach out to us at thehogancast at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at The Hogancast. Also, we're on Facebook and Instagram and you can stream us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or whatever podcast uh, streaming service is your preference. Thank you so much for listening and uh, have a great weekend and holiday. Goodbye. Goodbye.